Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat for the first time. Um, <laughs> for a minute here, you will. we're going to give you next week's trivia question. And then what you will hear is we will start the show all over again because we forgot to do this part. If you listen to the show all the way to the end, you will hear... Uh, the answer to last week's trivia question. But right here, we're going to slip it in here at the beginning, which is next week's, uh, yeah, okay. question. Kathy. The question is, and we are going to do this under, sorry, guys, give me one second. I want to make sure it's here. Um, you can send your, your carrier pigeon again if you like, or. An email. An email. Um, we are going to go to. The so you're on Instagram. If you go to Instagram mm -hmm. at Terror Talk Podcast, at Terror Talk Podcast, mm -hmm. you will go down to the uh, post that says "Horror is beyond the reach of psychology." We're gonna put it on that one. She's like she likes the hunt now. She likes yeah, to I put it guys to look down there it. somewhere. Or is beyond the reach of psychology. So it's just a, a yep. quick, okay. So the question is, and this is, sh this is a pretty easy one. You guys can find it real fast if you don't know it already. Which actor's face is responsible for the original mold of Michael Myers' mask? Which actor's face is responsible for the original mold of Michael Myers' mask in the original Halloween? Okay. And so that'll be... Under which post one more time? Horror is beyond the reach of psychology. Okay, you guys will have to flip down a little bit here. So now what's going to happen is you're going to hear us take a second. I'm going to put it like a little chime or something in here. And then you'll hear us start the show again because we forgot this part. And I'm going to throw it into the beginning of the show. So enjoy the show, guys. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. <laughs> this is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. I have had a shit-sided week. I, oh. I mean, just... <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't even... I mean, that's not good or bad. It's just been like all... I mean, all sorts of things have happened. Good and hard and... Yeah, I'm at We're this. jumping right in, by the way. I can't... I can't... Okay, let me just explain something <laughs> to you guys. I came over. I worked this early evening. I come over and Shannon has about 17 pounds of candy to the left of me which is like a quarter of my body weight oh there's muffins too i ate one of those too <laughs> I so made those, i told man. her i asked her why she would do such a thing because we record both episodes in one evening so when we get to kuklinski man yeah you guys have already heard <sighs> the kuklinski episode if you listen regularly you've already heard that one we haven't even recorded it yet i might have doing some this. real like adhd during that one maybe some intermittent explosive i don't know <laughs> so <laughs> that's not bowel bowel movements that's raging way. it sounded a little that's true oh my, i apologize we're not we're, <laughs> intermittent. Yeah. thanks for putting that together i just wanted to give it to the listeners that that's not what you were talking uh, about do we jump right in <laughs> sure. Let's not even explain what intermittent explosive disorder is. You can Google. All right. <laughs> yeah. 
We're a little loopy. I'm drinking coffee, but I haven't even had any yet. Let's just say it's it's a tantrum times a thousand where you can't self-regulate. We also haven't seen each other in about a week. and We haven't. And this is how much lots, we desperately, lots. desperately need. I think we both need this outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you go. Okay. My week started. So you left midweek, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then Friday I presented at camped in Pasadena, okay. which ended up going really well. And due to that, I was linked to Dr. Romani uh, Dravasala and was able to be um, a part of a dinner that she was doing and um, which ended up being really remarkable. I met with, for a lot of people, if you don't know who she is, and she's quite controversial in our field right now, but she does a lot on narcissistic abuse survivorship and um, spoken, on a, spoken out a lot about um, how to help people recognize when they're in something emotionally manipulative, more specifically when they've been in relationships with narcissists who tend to be more malignant in nature and abusive. And she was certainly part of my healing process when I came across her stuff. And um, it was really, really healing for me to meet her and talk to her. And now I'm going to be part of a a consulting group once a month with her. And I'm going to start doing a little bit of work with her. I'd love to have her on the show at some point if she's open to it because she, um, it's really kind of grassroots, even though this has been around for a long time, you know, she's been booed off stages. She's been pushed out of APA. You know, she, she's aware that her work is, is, um, cutting across a lot of red tape. And, and for, for me as a survivor and she's, she's very influential in the field of, um, working from the survivor's point of view and helping people recognize that. So for me, it was really awesome. I sat around a table with, um, a lot of clinicians who are doing this work now, um, another woman by the name of Fiona Steele, who's been in the business for a long time as well and was doing this 10, 15 years ago and no one really knew what it was. Um, so it's was, it was kind of cool because some of my, my work is feminist therapy um, oriented that way with certain clients. So it was just really remarkable to see like 12 cl- clinicians sit around a table, most of us survivors discussing this sort of new movement where a lot of people see it as like a character assassination on narcissism and things like that. But I think there's a lot of room for this to develop into something positive and just being connected with her and being able to thank her because I do use a lot of her work in my teaching was so awesome. And now being connected with her and doing more work with her. So I'm really excited about that. That sounds excellent. Yeah. Um, so, and what was really cool about it too, from a clinician's um, point of view, is the room was re- actually filled with so many different or- orientations. We had Jungian therapists in there. We had CBT, EMDR, forensic, like so many different schools of thought come together and discuss um, this issue. So it was very cool to see the different orientations and their take on it as crosses well. A, it crosses all the lines. It does. Yeah, it absolutely does. But um, so anyway. Okay. That was really cool. Um, but then my week also led into some really difficult stuff, which was um, I have a, an 11 year old boy right now who we've had to, you know, we sent away to residential and he um, talk about intermittent explosive disorder. He could not hold it together and broke a lot of stuff in the house and watching this, the devastation of this family. And, and I've been working with them for a while and trying to help them understand that he's needed more help. And sometimes that's really hard for families. Yeah. And um, now we're moving him to a more, um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be out of state. So it's been a lot with this family and emotionally taxing on me and getting emails at one in the morning from the hospital and things. So I've really been in this, like I've had really highs and really lows and 
feelings of helplessness with this family. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've just so much of, has come up in my professional development over this past week and like where I'm going in my career and what I want to do. I don't, I, I just feel like I've been, every day has been this roller coaster and I don't think I have felt, and it's not like it was a few weeks ago where I was just burnt out. Mm-hmm. It's almost like high and low, high and low, high and low all week. Cause some of the work I've done with this family has actually been really great work. It's just emotionally taxing and mm-hmm. watching these parents have to suffer and not see that, you know, he, if he isn't careful, we're in the early stages of conduct disorder with right. him, which is really scary. Mm-hmm. And being able to talk to parents about that is also a really delicate subject. So my week's just been like all over the map, good and stressful and all of that. Yeah. It sounds like you're riding the wave of what they're riding. Yeah. That you're on the wave with them and through empathy and, you know, some cases we get, we have to get because they're just more acute. We have to get more invested emotionally mm-hmm. ourselves in them. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and, and it requires that. It does. There's no way around these certain cases where, you know, you're literally in it with the family, which is very different from like leaving your work at work. Yeah. When it's this, this much where we're now looking at safety measures and he's potentially putting himself and other people at risk and, you're seeing levels of also manipulation and things that he's, he is aware of some of the stuff he's doing. It's alarming because he's 11 and you're like, man, if this, he's at the age where this can still change. And if not, we're looking at more permanent personality types as he gets older. So it's just, he's in this really delicate space and the parents are freaked out, but we found this really great ed consultant who's now helping us. And it's, it's just been like, oh, finally somebody in here helping me out. Well, yeah, you need somebody else on the team because we could talk all we want about boundaries. But like mm-hmm. you were saying, and, and like I was I was agreeing, you know, sometimes this is just what's required. This is the work. It's one of the reasons why we're uniquely suited to be in the industry, too, is that we will move in in that way that we need to and triage mm-hmm. the, the cases that need more of our Emotional investment. Totally. You know, because it's just what's required. And the only way to do that is with a certain amount of ego strength, Mm -hmm. right? And a flexibility to be able to move into that and move out of it. Absolutely. And I think that, and I know you have felt this too, and you and I have talked about this on other cases where I feel like the family has relied on me a lot, not only because I'm reliable, but because I am able to come in and out of it. Mm -hmm. And and I don't mean this to come off the wrong way, and I certainly hope it doesn't because it's not my intention, but some of the professionals that I was working with who were working with him in different capacities, whether it was IOP or whatever, I felt like they didn't get him, mm-hmm. and I felt like it was hard for me to explain to them that an 11-year-old can be manipulative oh, yeah. and can can certainly know how he's gaslighting his own mother and Absolutely. things like that. And sometimes I, that's met with resistance and having forensic training and being able to see this is actually the age where we start to see that. And mm-hmm. it's not an assassination on him, but more of like, hey, I'm throwing out a red flag here, guys. I want to help him because if we're not calling this out for what it is, this is going to get worse. And so sometimes when I'm, t- I'm not a child psychologist and I don't really work with children, but I work with families. So sometimes I work with kids. I work more with teens and up. So when I see this, sometimes when when I'm talking to other professionals who are more developmentally, I don't mm-hmm. know. And again, this is not, I'm not bashing, not 
not making a general statement, but sometimes that is met with, no, he just needs more positive reinforcement. Right. It's like, no, he actually needs to learn how to tolerate discomfort. We don't need to give him a reward every time right. he does something well. So I've been really frustrated. Yeah, I think. I mean, it is really frustrating. And I think what you're talking about, I have come up against as far as, I think as a culture, we tend to see children as blameless yeah. and as... Um, just, you know, rightfully so not developed. Like we understand that piece of it. But I mean, some children, as you hear with Kuklinski, develop a very um, sophisticated way of survival. And yeah. the, their defenses and what they happen Absolutely. to use happens to be manipulation right. and gaslighting and all the things that we see in budding um, sociopaths mm -hmm. and narcissists and, and where it's going. Now at 11, he's not there yet, but he could. He could be. And yeah. I don't, and Thankfully, I obviously, you know, his you protective know. factors are the fact that he does have a family who cares mm -hmm. and wants to get him the right treatment that's and have a huge one and have the means to do that because we've talked about how that's a big piece too. When yep. people are low SES, this family thankfully has the means to be able to send him out to, of state that's and, right. and have you and right. have doctors and have people that cost money. Yeah. I mean, right? they have, they have dropped a lot of money and not everybody. And I think I thought about that today. I'm like, if this mm -hmm. family didn't have, I mean, they'd two and a half sessions with me today mm -hmm. in a private practice saying that isn't cheap. And that's no. just today. Yeah, that's I saw today. him over the weekend too. So you think about how much money this takes Yeah, and you think about the people who don't have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. then that's a political <clears throat> statement. Maybe we won't get into yeah. as much today because that is definitely one of the struggles in America is, is um, quality healthcare. Yes. So, right. That's been a lot of that's been my your week. week. Right. Well, it sounds like things about, you know, the presentation and, and having some contacts in a, mm -hmm. in a part of the field that you're very interested in um, was the, the positive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and the work with the family was a positive, too, in yes. that you were able to help, I'm sure, quite yeah. a bit. And also it sounds like you found some solutions, too, so... Yeah, I've just been emotionally, I, I was texting Shannon before I came over here. I'm like, the, again, we've talked about compassion fatigue mm -hmm. on the show quite a bit. And that's sort of how I yeah. feel. But I don't feel unfulfilled like I've had with, no, it, it's a very different type I hear, of feeling. Yeah, I hear something different. What I hear is when, um, you know, no matter how long you're in the field, you, you come up against growing edges is what I call them. It's like you come up against a growing edge in your own um work in your own skills in your own you know you come up against the edge of what you're super confident in and don't have to really think about mm -hmm. you come up against that edge and you're in the challenging zone where it's not that you don't know how to do it obviously it's just that, that that's the edge of the work right where it's throws you around a bit you know yep um and those times can be super invigorating, mm -hmm. but they're also challenging, exhausting. And they are. All of that, especially if there's no resolution, which some often there is, but it sounds like maybe yeah. there's some, at least some new vistas to start trying with this one. So yeah. that's really cool. For sure. Um, today was my first day back at work after a little bit of time off. Um where the time off wasn't a relaxing time off. The time off was... Um, personal but 
not relaxing. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and so, but all is well. And today was my first day back at work. I w- and it was like hit the ground running day. <laughs> it was a hit the ground running, big day, lots to do. Um, went to a county meeting that was really important um, to a client and to myself. Um, had a four hour, you know, reviews and discussions about a bunch of cases, you know, so it was just, and it was all right. I thought I was a little worried this morning. I thought, am I just going to be like checked out all day? Because, you know, sometimes when you're in something else that's all consuming and then you're like, okay, I'm back to work. You kind of have a, you know, integration problem (laughs) where you can't really quite (laughs) do what you need to do and you're sort of dropping things and what and, you know, not. But I but I it was okay. I just I honestly didn't put any pressure on myself. I just sort of remained calm and yeah. did did the next task after the next task. That's all task. you can do. And it actually went pretty well. I did I'm I'm kind of <laughs> patting myself yeah. on the back a little bit I like think okay. It, it's sometimes it shows like our our resilience, right? Like yeah. when we're in those situations when sometimes when they're that deep, you're that's your only choice is like I mean I can either freak out or mm-hmm. just take this one moment at a time and and not think about tomorrow and not think about you know, everything after this, just right now. Yeah. Like what's the next task I need to do. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes a, 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 a file system in your brain, which we have that skill. Luckily, not everyone does, um, to be able to say, okay, time wise, triage wise, like in a hospital emergency room, what is the most, what is the thing I have to do right now? Mostly crisis mode. Most. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then you just go to the next task and the next task and sooner or later you're going, Okay, I think I there are no more tasks that have to be done today. Exactly. So I can just move to the next thing I'd like to do. <laughs> Almost like um, intellectualize it a little bit. So you oh, for yeah, sure. And you, you know, intellectualizing stuff is a higher level defense system, mm-hmm. and and sometimes it's really healthy. <laughs> one one people with higher education have to employ a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> because otherwise you don't get to through graduate school. No. Um, okay. Uh, hmm. What are you watching? Are we there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I should have linked that to some of the work I'm doing with these women. Oh, but, yeah. Um, go for it. Not that I had anything to do with this at all, but it, it runs in the same, um, under the same topic of just the, the surge in paying mm-hmm. attention more to, like, uh, malignant narcissism in our culture. And so I'm, I'm watching, and there, this, there's been a lot of, of what's the word I'm looking for resistance to this as well, which is the uh, surviving R Kelly documentary I've been watching. And a lot of the different feelings, a lot of the people who wrote in saying that it never should have been made. I watched it. I'm about three quarters of the way through. And I just want to, oh, I have to interrupt yeah. you. I'm so sorry. The, the noise that you hear is Kathy. <laughs> She's got little things on her oh, microphone. Uh, um, disc, you and, oh, and you're knocking your knee against where your microphone oh. is. So I can hear your, <laughs> okay, I'll do that. No, I was just saying, cause I was thinking like, maybe it like was, I was rolling the, dice over the, here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why is Shannon and I play Yahtzee when we, <laughs> Um, sorry. I want what you're saying is important and I didn't no, want I appreciate people to be it. distracted. <laughs> I, I want to give, a, I want to give a shout out though, to a colleague of mine who he and I did our masters together. And then we both went off and did our doctorates uh, at the same school on different campuses. Dr. Jody Adewale, who was one of the clinical psychologists on the documentary. I was watching it and I'm like, Oh my God, there's Jody. <laughs> that was so cool. I know that person. And he, he's, I loved it. The, the clinicians that they had on the show, um, 
on the documentary were mm-hmm. African-American. And, and so they kept it really, you know, I think the culture piece is so appropriate because there is a huge cultural component huge. to this. And it's really interesting to get people's reaction. So if, if people haven't watched it or, or, you know, you're not old enough to know who R. Kelly is, mm-hmm. which I don't know at this point if you, if that's possible, but yeah. clearly, you know, he was one of the biggest, if not the biggest R and B uh, singers of our generation and was highly respected, um, but basically hiding in plain sight, using a lot of his spiritual sp- spirituality and all mm. this stuff to cover up really the corrupt. Um, he's a sex offender. Let's just okay. You know, let's just go straight at it. And well, there he it was is. he was uh, having sex with a lot of underage girls, and mm. and his wife testifies on this documentary, and a lot of the women were who were his backup singers. And there was a lot of pushback. Um, and I think there is, especially when it comes to women speaking up after being a survivor of some mm-hmm. some form of abuse. And I think it's become really common. We were talking about this at our dinner, which it's really common to sort of disregard these women as being, um, you know, hysterical or or just trying to create drama, you know, sort of gaslighting the victim, mm-hmm. I guess, in a way. Yeah. And so this documentary allows the women to really discuss, hey, this is what happened. And there are a couple men too. And John John Legend, he does a really he testifies on it and says a lot of really great stuff. And I I really loved what he had to say. But um I think what we're doing is we're drawing more attention to we're not going to tolerate this shit anymore. And even if there's an explanation for it, it there's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. And Wendy Williams at one point says on the documentary, um, and it's, it's so not profound and it's so not mean, but she looks at the ca- camera and she's like, there's something wrong with you. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's, it's really that simple. There's just something wrong with you. And um, the, what he was able to get away with and what, how many people were working with him to cover up his shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been glued to it. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can't believe you're b- buying into this shit. And I'm going, it's not about that. You've got like the lead, the lead person who started the Me Too movement testifying on this document. There's a lot of really influential people. So it, it goes beyond the R. Kelly story. It does. Yeah. And it's really focused on on how celebrity, especially male celebrity, especially black female victims be, get minimized and how the pow- how he abused his power. I, I didn't even know he was married to Aaliyah when she right. was 15 right. and how they erased that and they made her 18. And I mean, it's just, it's loaded and people can say whatever they want about it. But just like we said with the Michael Jackson thing, it's really hard to make this much up. Yeah. It's an important explication because I do, I definitely, it definitely resonates with me that by telling the R Kelly story from their perspective, you're, you're culturally shedding a light on uh, several other stories that, that aren't given that kind of detail that haven't been given that kind of detail. Um, and so I think what we do is we extrapolate to, to the other stories we know, absolutely, uh, men in power and specifically in this case, black men in power, yep. Black female victims. Yep. And the sexual predation. And I think, um, they do a really good job at talking about how sexual predators or emotional abusers will use their vulnerability. And his wife was like, you know, I wanted to go back to the, the young man who just wanted me to teach him how to read. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, and so it really gets into mm-hmm. how she 
became traumatically bonded to him. So if, if you just watch it to watch how an abuser works and you don't even buy into the R. Kelly, that's fine. But there's a lot of really great information for, I say women mostly, not that men can't be victims of this, but because I think it hits more women than it does men yeah. culturally. Yeah. Understood. Yeah, no, so. I haven't watched that yet. Um, it looks like there's six episodes in this season. I think I'm on four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was reading something the other day where it said, like, is there going to be a second season of it? Which I, I don't understand that. I feel like this is a less mini-series. Unless more people are speaking out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. More people are coming out of the woodworks. And then I'll just leave this and I'll turn it to you. I also started watching Dollface. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen the preview for that? Um, I don't think it's so. It's with, uh, what's, Kat, what's her face from? Um, Kat, what's her face? Oh, man. Look it up for me I real am, quick. I am, I am. Um, you have a description of it. You can Cat Dennings. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know who Cat Dennings is. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who's Cat Dennings. Um, the sitcom she. So did. this is a series, right? This is and a it's series. on Netflix. It's on. I'm watching it on. I'm watching it. Yeah, I'm watching it on Netflix. I think. What was she in? Uh, Dollface, Big Mouth, uh, Dallin. Wow, Two Broke Girls. Yes, Two Broke Girls. I was going to say yeah. that looks like the most famous yeah. thing, but she's been in a bunch of other stuff. What I like is uh, the beginning of the episode. The, be- the pilot addresses how women lose themselves in relationships, and how she's now uh, she's been dumped after being with her boyfriend for like ten years, <laughs> yeah. and she's going back to all of her girls, and they're like, "Dude, like now, you <laughs> yeah. know?" And she's lost without a boyfriend, and it yeah. really talks about how women can lose their identity absolutely and, and choose so can men but to, yes yeah to let go of their friendships and how important it is that clearly you can be in a relationship but don't don't lose your friendships yeah uh, it's on hulu by the way hulu, thank um you. yes i think it's very much uh, it's so common i mean as a young woman to lose yourself in a relationship and go go head first towards that leave your friends behind. I mean, it's very common in teenage land and, and I don't want to vilify teenagers necessarily for doing that. I think it's a really common kind of thing. Like I think you're still trying to understand yourself mm-hmm. and figure yourself out. And love is so, yeah, there's an age where that's kind of appropriate. So toxic. Right. Yeah. But if you're 30 and you're still doing and it. that's happening, yeah. um, just know that that's something that you can get support on mm-hmm. because um, I have a feeling that a therapist or a, a confidant of some kind or a mentor could shed some light on how that just might not give you the best choices of yeah. mates, right? Because some mates, we're talking about narcissism again. <laughs> we do that. Um, it's just in the true crime world. I mean, there's no getting around it. It's just it's there. It's just in the world. It's just there. Yeah. But it is in the world as well. But, you know, narcissists, by the way, um, will want you to drop everything. And so women, let's we're just going with women. I know it can happen with men too, but women can be very attracted to that because it's in line with how they already operate, right? They lose themselves in a relationship and a narcissistic personality you're gonna is going to want that from you. And so you're like, it's a match made in heaven because they want me to drop everything and go towards them. And I want to drop everything and go towards them. And so then it becomes, you know, that, that destiny delusion that narcissists sell uh, that we're destined to be together. And I've never felt this way before. And I love you. Let's get married within 10 seconds. Um, 
it just fit, it goes in line with all of that. And you think that you've met your soulmate mm-hmm. and it's just really these dynamics that are just mm-hmm. fitting together like a Rubik's cube. You totally. Know? Yeah. And it's only when you're able to step away from it where you go, wow, that was ridiculously fast and not, why did I buy into that? Yeah. Because everyone, you know, is going, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> No, trust me, it's good. Yeah. No, no, really, it's just because I've never met anybody like this before. It's like, uh-huh, okay, yeah. I'll be over here when you're done. Um, all right. So, so how about that. you? What is... Have you got any more screeners? Okay, so in front of you, you will see. So we've oh really... Oh, my God, you've gotten a ton. We've really we've really oh. hit it now. So what happens is, is near the end of November, mid-November to the end of November, beginning of December, et cetera, the screeners come every day, sometimes two or three at a time, sometimes two or three in one envelope from one company, sometimes three different envelopes. So what Kathy's looking at is probably two it's, fistfuls. It's two fistfuls of screeners. And um, I see hustlers right on top and I'm going to steal that from you. Yeah. So, well, you're not allowed to because that would be illegal. It would be. Um, you're not allowed. No I'll one, watch it here with you. No one else is allowed to <laughs> <laughs> watch this. Um, Without me there, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, take it, reprint it, whatever. Federal law, it. large fines. It. We are not doing that. Just in case you're wondering. <laughs> um, so that's a good uh, one to have, though. What I did is I made a stack of the ones I haven't really watched yet, and a, ones that I've either watched in the past or I did watch recently. So I watched Hustlers, which is um, Jennifer Lopez is in this movie. I heard, I really want to see it. Yeah. She's a, she, it's a, it's a bit of a feminine, it's a feminist type of situation, although not in any kind of obvious way. She plays a stripper, sort of the older seasoned stripper. Uh, and it's, it's a true crime, uh, story. Basically it's a fictionalized story of these women who created a ring of women who would seduce men and then uh, steal their money. They would uh, dose them with ketamine and some other drug. Did, did you watch the real life documentary on this? I didn't. Oh, it was pretty good. What's it called? Oh, crap. Okay, she's going to look that up. Well, because we don't want to leave you guys I watched, hanging. I watched these women get interviewed. I just want to say, too, my favorite mm-hmm. trans actors, actresses in that, too. Trace oh, cool. Lizette. She's from Transparent. She's in it, too. Oh, great. It was, uh, the actresses are, are quality. Um, I won't say anything more about the movie, but, uh, yeah. So it's got a true crime thing, because remember when... Um, that was happening a lot is men were getting, uh, what's the word? Um, fished. <laughs> what's it called? Fish. Oh, it's on 2020 you guys. And oh. I think it's called the hustlers. Okay. I think people can find it if they go on, um, Hulu. catfished is what I was thinking. They were catfishing men, which yeah, is and like the... drugging them and stuff. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Basically luring them into, you know, yeah a one night relationship and then taking their credit card and then taking five thousand, ten thousand dollars, whatever. Um so that I watched uh, Russian Doll I've already seen, which is a great series. Mm-hmm. Um The Report I watched, which was another uh kind of true story fictionalization about the torture report that came out. Um, oh, I wanted to see that. Yeah. So uh it's a it's with Adam Driver. I love and him. 
they're putting um yeah they're putting all kinds of categories up for um can i just see the yeah sure it's it's uh it's one of those sort of dry talk about politics kind of movies it's interesting if you don't know the story about the torture report um but the movie's just called the report it's a great cast and then I did a whole lot of animation. So there was Abominable, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, uh, Pets 2. Pets okay. 2. I it's watched it. Oh, uh, was it good? Damn cute. Yeah. Those movies are Those damn are cute. cute. Toy Story 4. Let me see that one. Um, this is over some time, guys. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. So I watched a bunch of uh, animation type stuff, which was fun. They're just fun. There's, there wasn't anything incredibly exceptional about anything they're just yeah. cute and fun yeah. like every now and then you come a- across a um an animation movie that's exceptional but those were all just great uh let's see you okay? i'm sorry i made i made Shannon a noise just fell out of her I chair something and then i watched a couple of documentaries stop drinking while you record <laughs> okay i watched a couple of these documentaries uh one is called the cave and they're putting, yeah, outstanding producers. They always put the outstanding producers up for um, awards for documentaries, which is cool because they're a huge producerial feat. Um, the Cave tells the story, this was pretty good, tells the story of a hidden secret underground hospital in Syria, which is a fe- it's a female-led team of civilian and medical professionals mm-hmm. who worked in this cave giving medical care to um, the local population as Syria was being bombed and attacked uh this there's this 30 year old aspiring pediatrician named dr amani and her team work in this cave and you see what they do and how difficult it is and Mm. it's really the human side of working in a war zone yeah um what they don't have what they do have the feelings i mean there's a couple of scenes where all the doctors are crying i mean it's wow. it's pretty talk it's, about talk about feeling helpless yeah it's pretty good and then i watched a movie called sea of shadows which was slightly more difficult to get wrapped up in but it's about the mexican drug cartels and the chinese traffickers who join forces to poach uh, this rare fish uh, Oba. I can't, I'm not pronouncing that right. It's a rare fish in the Sea of Cortez and their methods threaten to destroy all the marine life in the region. And so it's this, uh, there's also like a, an endangered whale species there that, and a, and a porpoise there. And it's, so mm. it's about marine life and kind of the, it follows a team of scientists, uh, conservationists, journalists, and undercover agents that risk their lives to uh, attempt to confront this kind of international crime syndicate that's that's ruining these animals' lives. And so, <sighs> yeah, yeah. So there was some movies in my world. I also ended up so to deep to so to decompress over the weekend. I watched The Nun. Oh, how was it? I thought it was scary. It was? I mean, I know, yeah. I I like The Conjuring World. I know. Well, I remember seeing I mean, the preview I, of it, and it did look a little freaky. I've said this before, so it, I, I can say this. I like The Conjuring <clears throat> Universe, so I generally speaking like the movies. Obviously, there's been some stinkers, but <clears throat> I generally like the movies. And then... um. I also, and I think I've mentioned this before, I also am drawn to the, um, like, 
possession, religious possession, mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. That that particular genre, like The Exorcist and The oh, Omen yeah. and The Conjuring Universe that's based on spirits and possession and exorcism. And then, of course, religion comes into that. Like, that's a realm that I dig in horror. Yeah. So we all have our own things. You know, you love yeah. slashers and mm-hmm. other things. I remember so. seeing the preview and thinking it looks scary. And then as more time went on, I'm like, I don't know if I want to see it. Maybe I will watch it. Um. You know, you can watch it here sometime if you want. Uh, I have it. it it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know that you would like it or not. I think like most horror movies, uh, the first half is scarier than the second half. Yeah. You know how that goes? Because then, you know, shit gets real. Uh-huh. And they start killing people and stuff. However, you know, if, I don't know. It's just, it, it's also relies on your ability to be in that in the mm-hmm. setting right yep a lot of i think being terrorized by movies relies on your ability as a as a viewer to personalize and be in the setting i think that's sort of how i felt like when i was explaining to you black christmas yeah um which by the way we need to go over our trivia answer oh yeah right um we'll do that at the end here but uh <laughs> they um that movie, the original movie, I felt so lured in. Mm-hmm. And so it terrified me because not that I've ever been, you know, butchered or been trapped in a house with an axe murderer, but there was something about the way they told the story and how they directed it that I was like, I, I felt like I was in that house. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I like home invasion stuff will do that to me. Mm-hmm. The scream movies, those kinds of things where they're they're trapped in a house and they're kind of being hunted. That stuff will do that to me. So it, it does rely on, I, I'm sure everyone who's listening, if you like horror movies, you know, there are certain types of horror movies that scare the crap out of you because you're able to like personalize it or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to, we almost, well, I almost forgot to follow up on the trivia thing. So we'll do that as our last bit of business. Do you happen to know that? Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to make sure that I get our um, response, uh, the person the who person. responded. Okay. Gotcha. Because she nailed it. <laughs> what was the question? Hold on. I'm going to read. You, I'm going to read this all to you. Mm-hmm. And her response, which was fantastic. But so I had told everyone to go to the sleepaway camp um, Instagram post. Right. So I remember that we had a question last week and the and the way to execute the answer to that question is usually Kathy will tell you one of our Instagram posts to post your answer under. And this time it was the sleepaway camp uh, post. You can also send us an email. People have one with that, too. So. The question was, name one of the first three films categorized as a slasher. And so I said, I will settle for the 70s. Yeah, there was wiggle room, as I remember. But if you want to get, because the golden age of slashers is in 78 to 84. But if you want to get crazy, (laughs) go you know, bring me the 60s. Oh. But I'll take either one. Okay. You you upped, you, you were like, bring it. Like a fox. <laughs> Is that the person? Yes. And she. <laughs> Not the answer. <laughs> like a fox. So it's underscore like a fox underscore. Okay, gotcha. She also um, provided part of her answer for the um, the last one, which was the bewitched question where oh. Roars had yes. given us Samantha and then she gave us the last name as well. So yes. like a fox comes back full force. <laughs> she says, 
okay, so after consulting with my girls mm. at the Obsidian Project, sending the carrier pigeon. <laughs> I appreciated that. Yeah, you like that. She sends from the 60s. Oh boy. Peeping Tom and Psycho. That is the answer. And then from the 70s, she had all three that I had written down. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Black Christmas, Mm -hmm. and Halloween. Like a fox, (laughs) you are rad. (laughs) Let's not be too 80s about it. (laughs) That's correct. Radical. Radical, dude. Well done. Well played. I I will put a, oh, yeah, I will put a slash for slasher next to your name. Because we give points for participation around here. Thank you so much for listening. I believe that's it. So next week on the main Terra Talk show, we'll be doing week three of Mr. Richard Kuklinski and continue our story with him. And as usual, uh, every Friday we have a Shrink Chat episode as well. Please, uh, I guess you are listening to this right after Thanksgiving, so I'm hopeful that you had a great Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for listening. This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.